Jesus is here, just as Brent said. Just behold him. We adore you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. You're the reason why we're here. so worthy of our worship. you to come even more. Speak to us, God. Speak to our hearts. And tell us what's really on your mind, God, when you think of us. God, don't let any other voice drown out yours, God, because we need your voice more than any other voice. We not only need it, but we want it.
We honor your presence, God. We set aside everything else. Because you're here. set our gaze towards you. If you're encountering the Lord, keep encountering Him. It is much more important than anything that I would have to say. Lord Jesus. me to speak today. And I just ask for your grace and your power. To say it the way that you would say it. Otherwise, why am I here? So, there's quite a lot that the Lord's been speaking to me about, and and I know He's gonna highlight certain things for me to to say. So, thank you, Jesus. Um, the first thing that that He put in my heart and my mind is just. To share some of my struggles in pursuing him, you know, because anyone who knows me knows that I, I just want Jesus. I mean, I've said it so many times, and um, to be honest with you, it hasn't been a cakewalk. You know, 
you see me up here, maybe, I don't know what, how you see me, but really what it is is just I, I have nothing. I have nothing, God. I, uh, I just, um, I feel completely bankrupt, but at the same time, it's the most glorious feeling I've ever felt because all the pressure is off. I don't need to be okay. I don't need anything except him. But in that journey, like I've I've encountered him, and then it seems like it it lifts, so to speak. Of course, the Lord never leaves or forsakes us. But you know, we just have those times where we're just like, oh, I don't want this to ever end. You know, because you're here, God. I can feel you. I can perceive you. I can. I, your presence is here, and then. It kind of just lifts, for lack of a better explanation. And we're good, you know, maybe even for a week, maybe two weeks, maybe a month. But then something happens. And you're like, wait, what just happened? Like, I don't feel like a Christian anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm just going to be real. I mean, And what, what the Lord's been talking to me about is his, and, and this is this has always been a hard subject until recently for me. Like, he's a jealous God. And what do I mean by that? I mean, he's, he's jealous after all of me. He doesn't just want some of me. And there are often times when, when I'm like, God, where are you? Like, I had this amazing encounter with you a month ago, and now it seems like you're, I can't even perceive your presence. What happened? And he's, you know, recently he showed me that he has been there. However, I've put what I want from him above just wanting him alone. And he led me to a bunch of scriptures and Old Testament. Um, Deuteronomy 4.24 For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Nahum 1-2. The Lord is a jealous and avenging God. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries and keeps wrath for his enemies. Song of Solomon 8-6. Set me as a seal upon your heart. For love is strong as death, jealousy as fierce as the grave. Its flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord. Zephaniah one eighteen. Neither silver nor their gold shall be able to deliver them on the day of the wrath of the Lord. In the fire of his jealousy, 
all the earth shall be consumed. For a full and sudden end, he will make of all the inhabitants of the earth. That is intense. And, you know, 1 Corinthians 10.22, Shall we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we not, are we stronger than he is? And I'm just asking the Lord, Lord, that's that's hard. (laughs) You know, and it seems a little cruel um, uh, that you would just kind of withhold your presence like that and because you're jealous for me, then that's that's what happens. Like he's he's like, well, if you have other things besides me that you want, then I'll let you pursue those things. But if you want me, I want all of you. And I'm not saying that in a condemning way. It's just so the way he showed me his jealousy is, well, think upon how much. I love you, and am I the intensity of my love that is beyond all comprehension? Now think on that. Does does love hurt when someone rejects you? So what must the Lord feel like with the extreme intensity of his love for us when we reject him? What does that emotion feel like to the Lord? He was speaking to me that the intensity of his love, the intensity of his jealousy is proportional to the intensity of his love. And oftentimes we see in the Old Testament, we we just misunderstand it completely. Like he, he just seems like an angry, angry God. When the fact of the matter is that his love is so intense for us that when we reject him, he's jealous for us. And yet, he always, even in his anger, in his jealousy, he always, always, always finds a way to redeem us. I, I can't fathom the intensity of his jealousy and anger when he is rejected. Uh, think about how we feel when we're rejected by someone we dearly love. And the reason I'm bringing this up is because a lot of times we just misunderstand God. He has emotions just like we do. In fact, we're created in his image. I found in this process, you know, he explained it to me, but I found in this process, like, I'll encounter him, and then it's like, man, what happened? Like, I mean, it seems like a time of great misery for me if if I'm not in his presence. And the Lord was speaking to me. He's, He's speaking to me. He's just saying, you know, you're encountering me because 
I want you to know what your heart's desire is. However, when you hold on to these things over here that you use to cope for comfort that are not me, I will let you go to those things. And I'll wait right here for you to come to me. I mean, I'm... And he kind of confronted me. and He just said, you know, you run to those things and you desire so much to be healed and delivered and fixed and all that stuff. And that's all good. But why... Uh, But when you put those things above me, then they become idols. Like we said, a lot of times we pursue God's breakthrough, even God's goals above God. God, would you just help me? put our process of healing above God because we want so badly to be someone that's healed and delivered and set free and Jesus paid for all those things. Those are all good things. But the reality of the matter is that we um, I mean if you were just, we're just really honest with ourselves We want those things because we want to feel okay. We want to feel stable. We want to feel stable and okay, independent of God. I mean, maybe that's not all of your hearts, but I'm just going to be honest. Like, It feels really good to be able to stand on my two feet and say, I've got things all together. But God's not interested in that at all. I've discovered that God created us with a need and dependence for Him. And really, really all that's that's necessary is that that we come to Him. Because in Him when we encounter him there's there's no need anymore for the things to be fixed there's no need anymore for uh um our circumstances to change because we've found the one in whom are all things there's a reason why people like Stephen and Paul went through what they went through because they found they finally found the one that they've been looking for all their lives and nothing and nothing else mattered.
And the good news is that Jesus knows we're completely incapable of doing this on our own, and he doesn't expect us to. He never expected that. Jesus come so worth waiting for. I just love what is spoken from the pulpit here about the Father's love. And it's absolutely needed. I just, for me personally, like, I'll, you all know, get kind of all lovey dovey with the Father. And I notice sometimes I'll start treating the Father like I would a human being. And that's, that's fine. I don't think he minds at all. However, 
it's really, really easy to start relating to him as just a normal human being without realizing you're doing that. And recently I've started um, intentionally going after him as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, as the ruler of all, as the creator of the whole universe. Because a part of, you know, a part of the significance of what we have gets lost when we are not paying attention to the significance of who God is. And the way, the way that I like to picture it, and I've used this illustration many times, but God once had me take out my cell phone and look at time like this, like, I'm God and I can hold time in my hands, beginning, end. I can see beginning to end. And you're in, stuck right here. But I can hold time in my hand like this because I'm outside of time. And the reason why I'm bringing that up, you know, because I totally science brain and what, what he's shown me is like, think about every single molecule, cell, atom, subatomic particle that's in the universe. Now think about every single state that those things are in throughout all of time from beginning to end and how I can keep track of every single state that every atom, that every cell, that every hair on your head is at at any point in time from beginning to end and I know it all. In fact, the universe is so small to me because the universe is trapped inside of this, inside time. It's inside of time. In fact, there are multiple versions of the universe inside of time because it's in a different state at every moment in time. And yet he's so big that he holds it all like this, like it's nothing. Yet... For some reason, his affections are towards my little life, my seemingly insignificant life. For some reason, he says that I am his greatest joy and delight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. For some reason, when I approach his throne and the 24 elders, are there seated with him and I I just seem so insignificant and he takes his gaze straight on me and he looks so thrilled that I'm coming. Who am I, God, that you would love me like that? I'm, when you realize how great in how incomprehensible God is. It puts everything into perspective that he finds his joy and delight in us.
And one of the the things that I I just don't I mean I'm still experiencing this and encountering God in this way, but I, I've discovered that His greatest joy is just being with me. He doesn't really need anything else. He just wants me to to stay and be with Him. And really, uh, His desire, He's told me many times, my desire is that you would just come to me and stop trying to to fix yourself. Stop trying to to be healed because those things aren't important to me because when you come to me, those things happen anyway. They are important to me, but you're putting those things above just simple relationships, simple love and devotion to me. In Christ we have all things. And what what really what I feel like he wants us to know is that we don't have to be so concerned about where we are. The the real question is are we are we okay with just him? Are we really okay with just him? Like if all we had was him, would would we be happy with that? Because somewhere, you know, I know in my heart there are times. Somewhere in my heart, I believe that I need something else in addition to him to be happy, to be content. And then we get in this cycle of going after those things and then feeling empty because we've already encountered him. And every time we encounter God, those things we hold on to in addition to him are less and less effective at filling that void. I don't know if you've noticed that, but they just seem more and more cheap and extremely temporary. And I, I feel like that's a it's I, I need to say that because I don't really know what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to figure out how to put words to this. have Jesus all of our our needs fade away because he fulfills all of our needs and when when we're with Jesus because all of our needs fade away 
we can have relationship with him again. A relationship that isn't one-sided. A relationship where we're not concerned about our needs anymore and we actually become concerned about his needs. You see that the whole goal of this has always been to be transformed from that servant slave girl that's obedient out of obligation into a partner that's actually a bride, a true partner. There, there have been times when Jesus has come to me and he shared just his sorrow because um, you know, maybe someone I talked to rejected him. It is a, a strange thing when Jesus comes to you with his his pain but it's even more I don't have words for it it's like like Jesus actually trusted me with his pain he trusted me with his heart and they're, they're real, I don't know if you understand this but that's why he desires he desires that two way relationship where he can share everything with you where he can uh, just be honest with you about what he's feeling, what he's thinking. And obviously those things are, are often way beyond how we think. But sometimes it really is just simply, I feel rejected right now. I don't know if you realize how significant that is, that, that Jesus would actually give us access, that level of access to his heart. Even the angels don't have that level of access to his heart. That the God who created everything would make himself vulnerable to us like that. It's the greatest... I mean, I don't know of any other greater honor than for the King of King and Lord of Lords to share the depths of his heart with us. And I don't think we'll, we'll know how significant that is until we're there in heaven and we see him without any veils and we realize just how significant that really is. That that's been the plan all along. What, why did he die on the cross? Why did he make himself one with us? Why did he decide to make his home in us? Because he wants that relationship. He proved it. He gave, gave it all. He gave his everything to bring back that relationship. And we're 
you know, I'm raising my hand because I'm in goodness and we're all wrapped up in, um, on things of this earth to fill that void. I, I don't know if I'm getting through with this, but it's, it's, this is hard. I mean, So I've been relating to him as the king of kings because I need, I need that right now. I need to know how significant that is that he would set his affections on me. To know him as, as the master, as the king, as the one who's been given all authority over all creation. If you imagine yourself Approaching him in all of his majesty, in all of his glory. How intimidating that would feel, like if you were there. And yet, as soon as he locks eyes with you, he's so happy to see you. And he stops everything to come and greet you. That will never get old. God so sometimes he will because of our choices withhold his presence to allow us to pursue those other things because he just cares so much about our free will he, sometimes I hate it because I wish he would just sovereignly come and just set me straight and <laughs> It just boggles my mind because he totally could. If you really think how big he is and how great he is, it would be so easy, so easy for him to do that. Just so easy. Like no competition, no conflict. Boom, you're doing what I want. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He will not. Even with all the agony and anguish in his heart, because we chose something besides him, he still won't. I don't. I don't know. If, this is the whole whole thing where 
He's so jealous for us and angry, yet because we run to other things, and yet he will not force us. Even though he easily could. In fact, he not only will not, but he gave himself up on the cross. This God that is bigger than our comprehension humbled himself to the point of becoming a man and being tortured and beaten for us unto death on the cross. I, this is why, why for me, thinking about how big God is really puts things into perspective for me, like how significant that was. You think of the God who holds time like this in every state of the universe that's ever existed from beginning to end in his hand, like it's nothing. And yet he's like, I'm going to leave my throne, become a weak, feeble human being and be tortured and beaten for them so that they can be my delight, so that they can have relationship with me, so that I can set my affections only on them. So that they are, um, so that because they're the ones I desire the most. So that we can have a wedding feast and, and they can be my bride. And when you're, when you're there, when you get to that place, I've experienced this. I've had brief moments of this where I experience him as my husband and me as the bride. And when you're completely captivated by him, it doesn't matter if it's Satan himself sitting next to you at the banqueting table. You just don't care. Because he's there. You're so captivated by by him that you could just care less. <laughs> and I I believe that is the life that he wants us to live here. He doesn't want us to wait until heaven to have that intimacy with him where he can share the things in his heart. Well, we need to get past the place of where most of our time with the Lord is about our needs. We, or we have to be most of the time is about him. Yeah, about gazing upon his beauty. And just letting him wash over us as he wills. And to stop needing to be a person that feels stable and dependent of him.
I don't want to feel good without him. When you've encountered him, you won't need that anymore. You can be a complete wreck, but as long as you have him, you don't care. When you discover, when you have encountered him like that, when you, and I know that everyone in this room can encounter him like that because his desire for you is so beyond anything I can describe. And the simple thing that he asks is, will you put me above all those other things? Am I enough for you if, it was, if you only had me? And that's when, when we find, you know, he says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest. It's because we came to him. And we found out who he is. I mean, you, you look at people like David in the Bible. People are after my life. He has armies after him. And he says, but I am so in love with your word. Who says that? Your words are like honey to me. People are after my life, but your words are like honey to me. When you're captivated with the Lord, you can have an army after you and you just don't care. You see, the difference between Saul and David is that Saul didn't wait because he wanted, he went after breakthrough over going after the Lord. He was unwilling to wait for the Lord because all he was focused on was the breakthrough so that he could look good to the people. David was different. David wanted the Lord more than anything else. And despite his weaknesses and failures, he succeeded in what God had put him here to do. And even Solomon, with all of his wisdom, fell. Why? Because he sought the things of God rather than God himself. He even goes into this place of misery, writing in Ecclesiastes about how everything is pointless. Because he had the wisdom to know that. And yet he still sought after those things. I hope this is okay. I'm just basically processing this with you all. You know, it hasn't been like the easiest day or week for me. But I'm just someone just 
grateful that I just get to be the, the center of his delight. And that I don't need anything else anymore. And the thing that I want most is to have that continuous fellowship with Jesus where he just feels the liberty to to share things with share those things with me where he can actually get what he paid for in my life. This is the whole point. In the Garden of Eden, he, he had unhindered relationship. Thank you, Jesus. So we don't, I don't, I no longer need to figure out how to unharden my heart because I have him. It's so freeing. Like there's no pressure anymore. So I I think I think I just wanted to, to pray now. Jesus, thank you. Thank you that we're the center of your affections. Help us, Lord. Give us the grace to truly understand how significant that is. So that every other everything on this earth will seem so insignificant. God, that we would come to the full realization of how significant we are to you and how significant you are. That no thing would steal our affections from you. That no thing on this earth would even compare any longer. God, in this coming new year, we choose to just to set our face on you and, and put aside all those things that we perceive hinder us, that we perceive as failures, as weaknesses. God, even if it's sin, God, we, we're not trying to fix it anymore. We just come to you because you've already told us that to come to your throne with boldness in our time of need. That's what your word says. 
We don't need to fix ourselves. We don't need to be a certain way. We just need you. So we just ask, Lord, just for tremendous grace to encounter you and to to enter into that fellowship that you've always desired for us to have, God. That's beyond a one-sided relationship where it's all about our needs, God. God, where the needs go back and forth, God. And we actually have the honor and privilege of ministering to your heart, God. Where it can finally become about you and not just about us. God, where we can... We feel delighted to share in your sufferings, God. To really know, God, what's on your heart, God. Where you share your secret desires with us, just as your word says you would. Thank you, Jesus. A part of me just felt, feels foolish just not, not knowing what to say while I'm up here, but it, it doesn't matter anymore because I have him. the greatest prize when you 
go to heaven, he's the one who will consume your heart. He may never even step foot in your mansion because he's the one that your heart longs for unless he comes over to your mansion. I thank you, Jesus, for your grace and your mercy. God, that even... That you're even in your the intensity of your love and the equal intensity of the rejection that you feel when we choose other things besides you. That you're so tender, that you're so gentle. That your love for us goes above and beyond anything we can comprehend. We're so grateful, God. So help us, Lord. We need your help. We want you more than anything else. We give you permission to point out any idols we have in our life, things that we've added in addition to you. In Jesus' name. And I have a, a video that I gave Tina in the back. I just, just wanted us to just gaze upon the Lord and focus on Him while the music plays. And so Tina, whenever you're ready, if you could put that on.
every imposter
Jesus will often hide himself in the stillness. And if you wait upon him, you will often encounter him in such significant ways beyond what you you expect. It often starts in the stillness. In the simple gaze and adoration towards him, even when you're feeling nothing. Then he'll often ask, are you willing to wait for me? Yes. Mm-hmm. 
Can have it all. Jesus.